Tom Sumner program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! <laughs> I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Tom, easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, oh, that's a very good question. Uh, hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky team. <laughs> Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. What's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. A social distancing tip. While the CDC urges you to avoid close contact, like hugging or shaking hands, there are other non-physical ways to say hello. Wave, wink, use sign language, salute, smile, give the peace sign, throw up an air high five, do jazz hands. Remember, stay a minimum of six feet or two arms length away from others and stay home if you can. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Javante, Jacob, Katia, Andrew, Tia, Violet, Dustin, Shahizi, and the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody, as we roll into the third half of our three-hour tour known as the Tom Sumner Program. We're going to talk this hour about... uh, a, uh, a new book called Elevate Your Career, Live a Life You're Truly Proud Of. And uh, this may be the perfect time with the new year approaching to uh, think about how you might maybe find a better uh, better way of uh, making a living or, or um, pursuing your interests. And here to talk about that is uh, a job search expert, Helen Horiza. I wanted to make sure I said that right, because she taught me how to say it. <laughs> Helen, welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. Um, let's, let's talk about how many people are being forced into re-examining their careers because of the open opening and closing of restaurants and... and uh, businesses because of COVID-19. This has been a really strange year. How has it changed um, career mapping? Well, I think many, many people haven't had the choice, as you pointed it out. And so that really spikes their anxiety and their anger and their feeling of not being in control. And all of that really clouds your judgment as you're trying to figure out, oh, what should I do? Should I try to wait it out? Should I make a change? Um, and all of the stress of finance on top of that. So, it, you know, it hasn't been challenging for everyone, but it has been challenging for a lot of people. You know, if you ask um, an awful lot of people, if you ask them how they like their job, many will say they're not crazy about it. Some will go a little further than that. But <laughs> um, 
what do you say to those people? It, it's, it's really tough, um, especially in tough times, to walk away from something that you feel like you can be sure of. Right. It's a, it's a double whammy. Um, you're not liking what you're doing. You're not enjoying it. You may feel stuck. You may really dislike your boss or the organization has put you in a role that you really don't enjoy. All those things can happen. And then on top of it, uh, you've got this pandemic situation. And I actually have a client who went through this, Tom. Um, she works for a very large recognizable organization. She had a high-level executive position. And her boss was a bully, um, and uh, she just didn't feel like her work was that meaningful. And she turned to me because she she felt so guilty. And <laughs> she even had you know parents, older parents, who were saying, "You should be glad you have a job. You should be grateful." And um, and she left her position two weeks ago voluntarily. And uh, it, was, it took a lot of courage, and uh, and it was the right thing to do. She did it very responsibly. And she's putting her life on track for a new adventure. With, with a um, destination in sight? Yes. Um, and also a, a plan to take some time off for the first time in her life since she was 16 years old um, and rebalance and regroup. Uh, they, uh, her financial planner told her she had enough money. She didn't need to work if she didn't want to. So this was not a... Um, an impulsive choice, but she is looking at a certificate program at UC Berkeley in California to learn more about data analytics. Um, and so that may be the next thing. You touched on something a moment ago, Helen, that, that made my ears perk up when you said that a, a person could be on a, on a career path and something about their, their job... Um, their company puts them in a position they don't like. Um, and, and it reminded me of, of a concept that I became aware of several years ago of people who rise to their level of incompetence. Are, are you familiar with that concept? The idea is you keep getting promoted until finally you're in a job that you either can't do or just don't care for. Yes. Some memory wants to say it's called the Peter Principle. But maybe that, that's exactly, that. it's from that book, yeah. <laughs> um, yes, I've run into that throughout the years. Uh, it, it can be, so somebody who's really good technically uh, isn't always a great leader or a great manager. And so for many, many of us in all kinds of industries and fields, the way to, quote, advance is to get into management. And so... That's a, uh, a broken step for a lot of people where they get there. Um, they're not naturally talented to do it. They don't enjoy it all that much. Uh, but they feel conflicted because their job, their salary has gotten bigger, their, their retirement might have grown. And, so, and then they start being told, you're not very good at what you do. And it's like, wow, man, I used to really like this job. I used to really like this work. Um, uh, I, and also, just to touch on the trades, because um, I really enjoy working with people in the trades as well. Uh, it's particularly painful for people who are craftspersons, people who like to be out on the road or working with their hands or doing athletics or getting something physically done. And promotion puts them in a, in a chair, and that can be really devastating. Yeah, and, and it's um, 
it's funny because when you get there, there's there's a certain amount of pride of being given that recognition, and and so you hate to, you know, kind of just dismiss it or blow it off, but maybe that's what you should do. It's a big and conversation. I have seen people who didn't feel they could do it learn how to be great leaders, given credit for or being able to tap into their natural talents, what is their personality, what is their values, learn how to communicate more effectively. Um, if your model has been um, an autocratic, un- uninterested boss, you have to find better role models. So I don't think it's a, it's a black and white issue. I, c- I think some people actually rise to the occasion and do really well. Others should um, get back to what they love doing and, and figure out a way to make that work. And how do people assess what they what they maybe should be doing? You know, a lot a lot of people just take the job that's in front of them and do it because they need to make money. Um, but maybe they 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 have some passion or some love for something else. But they've either told themselves or or other people have told them that. You can't do that for a living. Right. Here's the good news and the bad news all at once. Uh, <laughs> most, of us, most of us hit a point of pain when we're not liking what we're doing or we're, we're under-delivering on our lives. That pain can be so exquisite um, that, uh, and you struggle there. I call it the, the crossroad. That's the um, foundation of the model in my book. And when you hit that crossroad, uh, you struggle. You go roller coastering, and you, you say, oh, one day you're saying, oh, I can do this. This is not so bad. I like my friends. The next day you don't like it, and you can't stand it. And, and you go up and down on that for quite some time. And the reason why is because you're scared. You don't want to make a mistake. And so you stay where you are, and you're, you stay with the known. And the step out of it, the first step, is, is to take a period of introspection and calm down those intense emotions and acknowledge that you can't just fall into a career. A career is a strategic decision. It has to be made based on an analysis of who you are. And so the next step is to take a self-assessment. And when you buy my book, you get a self-assessment for free. My whole book is all about helping people figure out what is it that would fulfill me, reward me, and put money in the bank. Um, And then after you've taken the self-assessment, which includes an analysis of your values, enjoyable skills, temperament, and interests, all four, you're going to be well on your way. This is a really tough time for people. I know I've experienced this a lot myself, although I was already geared up to to work from home. and, And so in some ways, I haven't suffered the way a lot of people have. Um, but it, there are days when, when I get up and I feel like I'm really charged up and I stand there for a moment and go, and then what? <laughs> because everything's shut down and, and it can be very defeating. You know, it's, it's sort of like I, I've got all this energy, I want to do something, and then it seems like there's nothing to do or no place to go. There's no plan. Um, how do you 
get people to think in terms of of making a plan so they they don't wake up and look around and think well now what right <clears throat> well first of all i think uh, all of us including me need to remember that this is weird this is stressful <laughs> it's it's and, it's fun know? it's fun to hear somebody say it out loud I've heard you. I'm an introvert. I I like being alone. I love being home. But there's a point at which um, I just feel muddy sometimes. People say, you know, how are you? And it's like, wow, that's a really good question. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't have to think about that. How did your week go? Uh, Huh. So I I think I've heard it referred to as uh, being 2020'd. Yeah, exactly. You know, and again, you and I are so blessed that we're in a good situation overall. Um, but let's talk a little bit about maybe someone who's feeling a little more, you know, stress than that. Um, I think the first, the first thing that I like to teach people is um, I'd like you to think of the three things that you value the most. Uh, and that's a big question. I know that. But usually when I work with somebody for just a minute, they can say, well, my family. I'm like, okay, great. My health, okay, good. Um, you know, so so important right now. Um, I have heat on, uh, good. Uh, you know, so what do you value? Do you value your family? And let me use myself. I value meaningful work, helping others, and having fun. And I, have make, I make it a practice, and I've done this for years. Every morning before I get out of bed, I recite those three values and commit myself to them. Um, and I have found that that helps me get grounded to, so, you know, is, is, are you, what could you do today that would be meaningful? Maybe you could go help somebody. Um, maybe you could um, look for ways to be helpful to others. That's been one way people fight confusion and depression. Gratitude. Um, you know, revealing your personal values and maybe posting them somewhere in your home. And, and, and every once in a while, maybe it's okay to just say, hey, I'm a little off today. Um, but the last thing I would, would add is pay attention to the story you're telling yourself. I mean, do you spend your day talking about, this is really hard and I'm really unhappy and I don't right. feel good? Or are you spending most of your day saying, I just, you know, I'm really... Okay, look at me. I'm I'm standing. I'm going. Here I am. Yeah, I always joke uh, at the end of the show about um, you know when I'm when I'm wrapping the show up, and I say, "Well, <laughs> it's time to head down the hall to the living room." <laughs> <laughs> Have a good trip. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh I was somebody uh, uh, in a previous interview was talking about. Um, all of the investment opportunities people pass every day on their way to work, and I thought, not on my commute. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all very familiar. I I don't know what the numbers are. How many people literally don't have any place they can go walking? But um, I that's a big source of, of support for me. I have access to places that I can walk safely, and that helps me say, stay sane as well. Helen, I have to take a short break here. Can you stick around for a few minutes so we can talk some more? I'd love to. Great. My guest is um, Helen Horiza. She has a uh, new book called um, Elevate Your Career. 
And we're going to talk some more with her after we let our broadcast partners squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do. We have some messages Hello, as well. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart be light. From now on, our troubles will be out of sight. Out of sight. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Hi, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. If you like talk radio that makes you think without telling you what to think, check out our whole show weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern at TomSumnerProgram.com. Selected segments are also available on this and other radio stations, but you can hear us anytime. Daily editions of the Tom Sumner Program repeat online all day and night on the show's website. Past shows can be found in the website archives. My long-format interviews with New York Times best-selling authors, photographers and writers from National Geographic, as well as artists, musicians, candidates, and elected officials are made possible by listeners like you. Support the Tom Sumner Program and Civilized Talk Radio. Visit our website at TomSumnerProgram.com and become a member. You can make a one-time gift or become a sustaining patron by taking the link to the Tom Sumner Program Patreon page. Thanks for listening and thanks for your support. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. 
Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, HealthCare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll get through it. And the Tom Sumner Program. What do comic books have to do with Susan B. Anthony, Stormy Daniels, and Congressman John Lewis? Find out New Year's Eve 2020 on the Tom Sumner Program. Author Mark Schulman talks about comic book biographies of Walt Disney and Susan B. Anthony. The creative team from Tidal Wave Productions talk about a new comic book series called Stormy Daniels Space Force. Plus, former congressional aide Andrew Aiden talks about developing a three-part comic book series about the civil rights movement called March with Congressman John Lewis. The Tom Sumner Program continues our look back at 2020 with comic books for New Year's Eve, streaming live from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern at TomSumnerProgram.com, repeating online all day and night, simulcast on 92.1 FM in Flint at 9 a.m. and p.m. Happy New Year from the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We continue now with my conversation with job search expert uh, Helen Horiza, and uh, she's with me by phone. Helen, thanks for uh, sticking around. Sure, oh, my pleasure. Sorry to make you sit through all that, but uh, I, I wanted to get back to, we were talking about, um, I, I think you left off saying you don't know how many people have been basically forced into joblessness because of the pandemic. Um, but how does a, a person who's, um, it, there's a big difference between somebody who's forced into a situation and somebody who's doing okay, but not feeling okay. Right. Right. So let's talk about, um, those folks listening who don't feel like they have a lot of options and they don't have the luxury of time. They don't have a lot of money. Um, I, I just want to honor that going out and getting a job, maybe a job that you don't love, is honorable and responsible. And I, I call those make money jobs. I've done a few uh, over the years myself. And um, that's just taking care of business and doing what's necessary. So um, I think there's almost like a little guilt trip that runs around that we should be following our passion all the time and that we should be aspiring to these very lofty goals. And it's not always possible. So compassion for those folks who are just doing the best they can and <laughs> uh, don't give up on the longer-term goals. If you're, you, you still have something in your back pocket you'd like to do, but you can't do it right now, that's okay. Uh, but don't give up on the long-haul possibilities. What about the people that are following their dreams, but it, it, it isn't generating a lot of, uh, 
a lot of revenue, a lot of money, and and then a, a kind of guilt washes over them that maybe they should be doing something else to make more money. Yeah. Um, that's a tricky one, right? Because have you committed yourself to a practical plan to make money in this field that you love so much? So let me use myself as an example. Um, getting a master's in counseling with a specialist, specialization in career development 30 years ago, I knew jobs would be difficult to find. I wanted to work in a college or university setting. Um, I accomplished that. And then uh, about 10 years in, I said, I'm, I'm not happy here. I should be happy, but I'm not. Um, and I thought, boy, what if I can't make a living in, a, in, a, in a, my own business? But <laughs> I took the time to get trained. I looked at role models. I, I took business advice. I, I did everything I could to um, be pragmatic, determined, and strategic, and still do what I really loved. And um, it hasn't always been easy. But I would hate to see someone throw in the towel if they haven't seriously um, been willing to make the sacrifices they need to make and they know they need to make them um, to succeed in a career that may be a passion. See, I always feel uh, bad for people who, you know, have, have a dream, have an idea, maybe an invention of some sort, and they're they're really good at doing that thing, but they're maybe not good at at management or marketing or one of the other aspects that that impacts whether it's successful or not. And and I always wonder um, at how those people can readjust and develop the skills they need to round out what they're doing. Right, right. Um, so we're talking in generalities here, but yeah. um, I, you know, I would say that um, if someone was listening, they're going, yeah, it's me. It's like, well, how much have you addressed your self-confidence? And how much is your self-doubt and your anxiety keeping you from excelling in the parts that you don't feel very good at are, you know, um, the, the thing about career success is that so often it's about the psychology behind your career success that is really the issue. And if you say, no, Helen, I've actually, I'm very self-confident. I, um, I've done everything I can to bolster my abilities, but my weakness in X is, 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 is it, is it, uh, game changer. I can't. I can't do this anymore. Debilitating. Then they're going to they're gonna have to go on. They have to find something else that that transfers those skills. And this is an interesting uh, point that you brought up in a, in an email that we exchanged uh, before the show today. Um, this is about um, looking for work and job hunting and that's something that a lot of people right now um, have found themselves in a position of having to do even if it's temporary work what are how should people move forward toward uh, seeking employment one of the first things I want um, your listeners to do is to 
recognize how incredibly valuable a job is. Um, and so the time and effort that you put forth towards making your job search really effective is worth it. Um, I think sometimes people more, put more time and effort into buying a car than they do into finding a job. So, <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, you're right really, about you know, that. I don't like job hunting or it's not fun. It's a rejection game. And it's like, yeah, but the prize is really awesome. So here's some of the things that I, I, I look for or I see often in terms of job hunters. What can I help you with? Uh, first of all, um, you're not going to like this, by the way. Uh, you have to have an absolute focus. Um, any job will do will have you employed forever. Um, so you have to pick a function and a field and actually seek it out specifically. And then your resume, your LinkedIn profile, and your cover letters, and all of your communication needs to be very, very clear about what you're looking for. And people don't like this because they're like, well, yeah, but I, I really need a job, Helen. It's like, okay, did you hear the anxiety there? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. We need, we need to bring that emotion out of the picture as much as possible and recognize that this is a strategic game, not a numbers game. You have to identify targets, be focused, and be impeccable. I can't tell you how many people have resumes. That, I, I just worked with a vice president of graphic design whose resume was sloppy, and I was like, ah, uh, you know, this doesn't look good, and you are an expert. And I, I would, I probably, I hope I said it more diplomatically than that. <laughs> but um, <laughs> we, when we're in the middle of a job search, some of the things that we would normally do so well, we do not very well because of our anxiety. So do what you do well, be very focused, and be impeccable. I, I once uh, got a rejection postcard. <laughs> from from a PR firm. Uh, you can't even <laughs> wallpaper your 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 office with that. I know. I but but I it was just it was just so ironic, um, you know that that I I got this thing from a PR firm that was clearly bad PR. Right. Poor communication. Disrespectful. Yeah. And job seekers will. Um, feel often that they're not treated well, um, that they don't get the kind of, uh, they or don't not get even, any feedback Or not even seen. Not seen, no feedback, you know, not, they'll go for an interview, they don't hear anything back, um, and it, it, it hurts. You still remember that postcard. It's, it's not easy, an easy thing to deal with. The, um, It is tough for people to get as committed as they need to be to finding a job. Um, is there is there a great way to sort of I don't know explore what the possibilities are? Because um, I, I think a lot of people, you know, the example you gave, uh, but you know, but Helen, I need a job. Um, in order to find something that, that somebody is likely to be successful in and at getting, um, what kind of a search do people need to do um, to, to figure out, you know, okay, I need a job, but what am I going to do? What do I want to do? Right. Right. What do I want to do and what's available? 
and yeah. it's a reality. Uh, it always has been, by the way, but I think it's actually more acute right now. Uh, so if if someone was listening and they said, yeah, don't even talk to me about being you know happy. I just need a job. Yeah, and I'll, I'll say, settle for at a place that's open. Exactly. A job that I can do that's going to be open, that's hopefully <laughs> safe. Um, you know, we're not asking for a lot here. Um, there are industries that are booming right now, and I've watched people at any age, you know, one that, that I can think of who um, had been looking for a job for a long time, and I said, why, why don't you go work for Amazon? Yeah. And he, it was like, it was it was it was like a lightning bolt to him, and I think some of the things that are the most obvious. You, go work for delivery services right now. People, if you can drive a truck, there's they'll love you. Um, there's you know there's there's needs that have been born out of this particular weirdness economy, um, and there's nothing wrong with you saying I'm just going to go you know work at Starbucks or I'm just going to go work at whatever and I'm going to make enough money to get by. Um, but let's let's take it another notch up. Let's say you are a mid-career person, you have some experience in a field, and you're wondering, what, what do I do to make this job search more effective? Um, and I've mentioned a few things. Um, one thing I would say is I want you to be thinking about being found as opposed to hunting for a job. And so that's when... Your LinkedIn profile needs to sparkle because that's your, that's even almost more important than your resume. And I can't. I just recently took on a client who's a grant writer, professional grant writer, whose whose um, banner on her LinkedIn profile was the top of her head because she had taken her headshot and tried to stick it in her banner, and that's what her head that. It's it's just I want your listeners to just take a long hard look at what they're doing, and ask themselves if there could possibly be a way for them to sharpen it, um, and then be found and start identifying some companies, organizations, um, industries, functions you'd like to work for, and start finding ways to introduce yourself to them, and that is possible over social media. And and. How concerned should people be about their social media presence and, and footprint? Well, I mean, if you've really put a lot of stuff out there on any platform, it's all visible and employers are likely to see it. Um, so I would be thoughtful about what you put out there. I would say that um, if you have lots of pictures of irises and your yellow labradors like I do on Facebook, there's nothing wrong with that. Facebook is a social platform where you do share some pieces of your life. Um, but again, the, the LinkedIn place has become increasingly important during the pandemic because uh, and actually, LinkedIn has added um, more sales features. In fact, you might have noticed that you're getting more um, people reaching out to you through LinkedIn, trying to sell you stuff. So um, if we could look at a bright side, um, when you feel like, oh, my gosh, how do I look for, my, for a job from my office? I'm stuck at home. I'm at a stay-at-home order in California right now. Uh, well, you still do have, I think, link, uh, social platforms. And... In some ways, LinkedIn isn't really a social platform. It's more of a professional platform, and it's a very good one. 
Yeah, that's one I haven't availed myself of very much. And, and it, you're right, I am starting to get a lot of email, um, you know, that, uh, y you know, I'm getting those emails. It's, you are being viewed and, you know, there's there's just been more activity on it. And I haven't really kept it up. Yeah. You know, and maybe right now, you know, you're, maybe you're this in a, is a place good in time. your career where you, that's <laughs> not so important. But on the other hand... Well, it um, hasn't been, truthfully. <laughs> truthfully, yes, and yet, boy, nobody's immune. I mean, I'm sure your viewers are going, boy, I thought I was safe, and, you know, I'm not now. So uh, your <laughs> career coach would tell you, probably try to keep, you know, your, your public relations messaging um, at least good so that you're always ready to bounce back no matter what happens. And and that's really what it is. It's it's not about down being down, it's about getting back up. Yeah, it it takes a tremendous amount of courage. It really does. I mean, the level of pressure someone is under when they've lost their job or they don't like what they're doing or some combination of those their relationships suffer. Their self-esteem can suffer. I mean, I have huge compassion for that. And I believe that people are brave. And I believe people will will step up and, and try to put themselves back on, on their feet. And lots and lots of people have done that. Now, one of the things um, that your book talks about is um, elevating your career. And that makes me wonder about you know, people who um, maybe feel stuck, don't feel like they're being promoted enough, or, um, you know, they they want more. How do they, you know, move up from moderate success? Mm -hmm. So let's think about elevating. Let's think about that word as being you could move side to side. You could... Um, start a small business on the side. You could um, uh, enroll in a certificate program. You could um, develop a new skill. You could sit down and talk to your boss and just say, hey, I'm not feeling like I'm really getting a lot of development here. Is that something we could work on? So elevating your career, it all emanates from understanding who you are and what you're good at and what you want to be in the world. If you and, don't know and what that, elevate means to you. What does that mean, right? I mean, for me, sitting under fluorescent lights in a corporate job was horrible. <laughs> for other people, it's just charming and comfortable and lovely. And so you really have to, to sing your own song and figure out what that is. Well, this is, um, this, this is fascinating stuff and a great time. Um, there, you've talked a couple times about positives that, that may come out of this, as you call it, weirdness that we're going through. Um, but yet that one of those uh, one of those positive things, one of those silver linings, if you will, is that there is there is time. You know, we are kind of in a pause and maybe this is a good a good time to reexamine. I think a lot of people have experienced this almost as an existential opportunity to ask themselves what they really want and um, have some time to do that. Uh, I have um, a client who 
made the decision in January to become a flight attendant and went start started um, flight school, right? Yeah. And she was le- leaving a career in social work where she has a master's degree and, you know, all that, ex- total career change. Of course, that didn't work out. And long story made short, she, you know, I said, well, what do you want to do? Such a silly little question. And she said, <laughs> well, I want to work with, I want to work with students. Well, what kind of students? In college. I'm like, and you have a master's degree in counseling. Yes. Okay. Have you heard about success coaching? She was like, no. I said, well, a lot of career centers have transitioned over to coaching because coaching gets more results and you could be a success coach. And then I showed her a listing. She said, oh, I saw that. I wasn't qualified. I said, yeah, you're right. You're overqualified. (laughs) 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 And I share that story because so often the answer's just sitting right right on your shoulder. It's just right there, but you can't not see it. Um, And... A lot of people, to your point, do have time to step back, stop questioning yourself, ask yourself those simple little questions, and see if you can't put yourself in a better position. Are there some especially good resources? You mentioned LinkedIn, and of course your your book is a great place to, uh, to start, but what are some resources that, that people who find themselves looking for work uh, should try to, to explore? Well, I think that uh, YouTube is an amazing resource for everything from technical aspects of job search to inspiration to how-tos. Um, and I, I'm also on YouTube, so that I think is a great free resource. Um, I also think that, um, you know, people should possibly consider either a partner, a buddy, a friend, and you guys kind of slug it out together and hold each other accountable. That's free and can be very helpful. And if you can't afford to hire a career coach, um, sometimes that can be helpful as well. Um, In general, I would just say, try to minimize your isolation. I know that sounds ironic right now, but do not pick a, you know, a fight with Zoom, you know? Right. <laughs> I had to talk people uh, out of their decision, you know, I can't interview on Zoom. It's like, oh, guess what? You're going to tell yourself a different story about that now. Um, so don't uh, just sit there with the Indeed.com, you know, website shining in your face and think um, that's it because you're going to get bummed out and you're going to lose your energy. Well, and and people using YouTube as a tool had better be more disciplined than I am, because I I get hung up watching uh, music videos and uh, people falling off of stuff. <laughs> well, that's probably healthy too. But and, well, um, if you search for um, how to interview, for example, that would be so rewarding for you because now you have improved the skill set that will help you win that job. That's awesome. That is great. Um, we're just about out of time, Helen, but um, the time has gone so fast. You're a delight to talk to. I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about you, the book, your work, past, present, and future. Do you have a website? I do. It's HelenHoriza.com. And Horiza is as hard to spell as it is to say. Um, but um, I'm sure H-O-R-Y-Z-A. So that would get you to the book. 
and uh, to my blog and YouTube channel. And then the, the thing I would like to add is that I'm, um, I certify career coaches. I have a career coach academy. It's called the Career Coach Entrepreneur Academy. And so if anybody's been sitting here listening to this and they're going, I'd like to do what she's doing, there then um, definitely check that out. Well, Helen, thank you so much for spending this time with me. My pleasure. It was really, really fun. Take care. We'll have more right hey. after this. <laughs> this is the Unknown Comic. And guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now. And now. And now, too. And even now. They say singing can help you remember things, so here's some tips for parents out there during these tough times. Number one. Make sure your kids wash their hands for 20 seconds after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside. Virtual playdates, social and physical distancing can help save lives. Tell them they're safe and show your love and pride. Yes, we'll get through this together. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Tom Sumner program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. If you have a knack for sales and fundraising and would like to become a valued member of a fun team, you could be a good fit for the Tom Sumner program. Help us develop the underwriters needed to continue to grow our brand. Write to us at TomSumnerProgram.com. The Tom Sumner program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. 
Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. How do you do, ladies and gentlemen? This is Bob Hope back once again to tell you it's better to have Pepsodent flowing over your teeth now than to have water running under your bridge later. Tom Sumner Program.com The Tom Sumner Program.com. I get the uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. Oh, but Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. <laughs> I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. I worked as an accountant for about two years in Chicago. I had a, got a degree in accounting, went into the Army during the Korean War. Remember that one? <laughs> and, uh, no benefits. And... Uh, I have held close to 30 separate accounting jobs in two years, which is like three weeks at each place, you know. I found one thing is true, that they always put you through an orientation program. You spend one week learning all the problems you're going to have to face in this new job. But invariably, after the week in orientation, the first problem you run into your first day on the job was never covered in any of the, any of the sessions. Now, with this kind of prologue, this may seem kind of a jump. My favorite movie is King Kong, the monster movie. This is the greatest monster movie ever made. And the biggest scene, of course, the one you all remember from King Kong, is when King Kong climbs the outside of the Empire State Building. All right, now putting these two thoughts together. (laughs) This this is the night that King Kong climbs the outside of the Empire State Building. It's also the first night on the job for a new guard. See, this is his first night on the job. He's gone through a week's orientation on the problems he's going to face, and it happens to be the night that King Kong climbs the outside of the Empire State. Uh, hello, Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Nelson. Yes, this this is uh, Sam Hennessy, the, uh, the 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 new guard. Yeah, sir, I you know I hate to bother you at home like this on on my first night, but uh, <coughs> see, so, uh, something's come up, sir, and it, it's not it's not covered in in the guard's manual. Yeah, I, I looked in the index. Yeah, yes, sir. It, I, I looked under an authorized personnel and, uh, and uh, people without passes and, and apes and apes' toes. Uh, apes and apes' toes. Yes, sir. Uh, there, there's an ape's toe uh, sticking through the window, sir. 
Well, uh, see, uh, see, this isn't your standard ape, sir. I mean, uh, he's between uh, 18 and 19 stories high, uh, d uh, d depending on, on whether there's a 13th floor or not. Uh, uh, uh. Well, uh, sir, I'm, you know, I'm sure there's a rule against uh, against apes shaking the building. There, there is, yes. So I, I, I yelled at his feet, you know, I said, uh, I said, uh, a shoe ape and, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to leave, sir. And, uh, I, you know, I know how you like the new men to, to think on their feet, sir. So um, I, I went to the, the broom class, and I, I got out a broom uh, without, uh, you know, signing out a requisition on it. I, yeah, I will tomorrow, yes, sir. And, and I started hitting him on the toes with it, you, you see. But uh, it didn't seem to bother him too much. See, uh, there are these planes, sir, and they're, they're flying around him, and, and they're shooting at him, you know, and... They only seem to be bothering him a little bit, so so I figured I wasn't doing too too much good uh, with 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 a broom. Did did I try swatting him in the in in the face with it? Well, I I um, I was going to take the elevator up to his head, sir. See, but uh, my my jurisdiction only extends to his navel. You, do, you don't. You don't care what I do. Just, just get the ape off the building. This, uh, this, this may complicate things a little. Uh, he's, uh, he's carrying a woman in his hand, sir. I, no, I, I don't think she works in the building. No, sir. Well, see, as he, as he passed by my floor, uh, she had this kind of negligee on, you know. So I, I doubt very much if she, if she was one of the cleaning women, you, you know, you know. Well, well, sir, the first thing I did, I, I filled out a report on it. Well, I, no, I, I don't want to give the building a bad name either, sir, you know, but... Well, I doubt very much if we can cover it up, sir, you know. Well, you know, the, the planes are shooting at them, you know, and... Uh, I mean, people are, are going to come to, to work tomorrow morning, and, and some of them are going to notice the ape in the street, you know, and... And, uh, and and the broken window, you know, and they'll start putting two and two together. You... I I think we're safe on that score, sir. I I doubt I doubt very much if he signed the book downstairs. Uh, uh, you, you don't you don't care what I do, just just get the ape off the building. Well, I I came up with one idea, sir, uh, but I'm not supposed to leave my post. Well, I, I thought maybe I could smear the Chrysler building with, with bananas. <laughs> this was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program.
Carol of the Bells from the Calvary Men. And uh, our Christmas music is better than everybody else's because it's local. Anyway, that wraps it up for today's edition of the Tom Sumner Program. In fact, there's Smoking George Winters tickling the ivories, letting me know it's time to head on down the hall to the living room. But not before I say thanks to all the guests on the show today. Helen Horiza, job search expert. And uh, before that, what a fun conversation with uh, mystery writer <laughs> Scarlett Dunn about her uh, new book, Scarlett Dunn's Cookbook for Deplorables. And starting the show off this morning with uh, Ticker CEO and founder Jeff Lambert. Anyway, we'll be back tomorrow. Good night, everybody. The Sumner Program is a live variety show. We want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner program. And thanks for listening.